Ashley E. Brock reading Laura Griffin's book, Shadow Fall, Chapter 12. He heard her clomping around on the porch and met her out there. Frowning down at her, she bent over to untie her boots. The legs of her jeans were coated with mud and leaves clung to her hair. What happened to you? She glanced up. Dirt and blood streaked her cheeks and Liam's heart lurched. Hey! He reached for her arm and realized she was saying, What the hell happened? Instead of answering, she slumped against him. He stood there. Shocked, and her shoulders quivered as he wrapped his arms around. Talk to me. But she didn't, and with every passing second, his dread increased. Hey, it's okay. But it definitely wasn't okay. Someone had hurt her, and anger took hold of him as he waited for her to speak. Abruptly, she pulled away, shanked off her boots, and tossed them by the door. Can I use your sink? She stepped past him into the house. Back here? He followed her to the hall bathroom and flipped on the light. Who's here tonight? She demanded. Me? He took her arm. What's going on, Tara? She shook off his grip, and the wild look in her eyes made his gut clench. Who else? She asked. Chapman and Lopez are in the bunkhouse. He stepped close. Tara. Someone shot at me. He stared at her. Someone shot at you or... At me, yes. As in they nearly took my head off. Twice. Where? Up at Corn Timber, just a few miles from here. She looked out at the hallway. Are you sure you're alone? He tipped up her chin to examine her cut. I bit my tongue. She pulled away. Your neck is bleeding too. Jesus, what happened to your hands? Turned the faucet on, pulled her hands under the water. After holding them under the stream for a few seconds, he crouched down and rummaged through the cabinet for some first aid stuff. All he found was a roll of tool paper. Don't move. He ordered and went into the bedroom. He had to get his temper under control. She was rattled, and yelling at her wasn't going to help. When he came back with the first aid supplies, her jacket was on the floor of the hallway, and she was standing at the sink with her sleeves pushed up. Tell me, step by step, he said. Don't leave anything out. He dumped the supplies onto the counter, turned her palms up to look at them. They were shredded, but the bleeding had stopped. Seeing the tremor in her slender hands made him want to punch something, but instead he waited for her to speak. She took a deep breath. You heard about the bodies today. She stated it as a fact, not a question. She finally resigned herself to the idea that he was getting intel somewhere. Corn timber, he said, grabbing some ointment. Seam was cleared two hours ago. He dabbed her palms dry with some tissue, then gently applied the ointment. She didn't look at him. She just stared at her hands. She struggled to get the story out. I was up there coming for evidence, and I found a broken padlock near the gate to the firebreak. Then someone took a shot at me. Twice, you said. She glanced up at him. Her eyes were calmer now, but still she looked typed up on adrenaline and fear. That's right. Two times. Pistol shot or a rifle. Rifle? Definitely. Liam swallowed down his anger. She pulled her hands away, then leaned close to the mirror to examine the side of her neck. She grabbed some toilet paper and dabbed the blood away when Liam watched, while Liam watched, trying to control his reaction. You sure it was a rifle? He asked. She glared at him in the mirror. Did you did you call the sheriff? Are you kidding? What the hell would he do? Good point. Ingram was already neck deep in a murder investigation he couldn't handle. She reached for the box of bandages. Can I have a minute? She looked up and something twisted in his gut. God damn it. When was she going to trust him? Please? 
He stepped out. She closed the door behind him, and he stood in his hallway, gritting his teeth. The water went on the back went on in the bathroom again. He returned to the kitchen and took a bag of peas from the freeze from the freezer. He glanced at the bathroom and tossed the ice pack onto the coffee table. He paced the living room for a minute, then built a fire in the fireplace. When he had it going, the water was still running. He walked down the hall and picked up her jacket with the yellow lettering FBI stamped on the back. The windbreaker was damp and muddy. The fabric under the sleeve was ripped. She upped open the door and she jumped. He fucking hit you? What? No! Your goddamn jacket has a bullet hole. He pulled her up. He pulled up her t-shirt to see for himself as she swatted his hands away. Hey! You're covered in bruises, Tara. He ignored her protests and yanked her shirt up to see her abdomen. The entire right side of her torso was a big red welt. It didn't break the skin. She pulled away from him and tugged her shirt down. Now do you mind? Yes, I fucking do mind. Where else? He turned her around and lifted the shirt to look at her back. The skin there was smooth and pale. What about your legs? I'm okay. Could you please just give me a minute? He left her alone then and sat on the edge of his couch, fuming and staring at the fire. Finally, she came out. She cleaned the dirt and blood off her face. She picked up her jacket to examine the tear, then folded it neatly and placed it on the arm of the sofa. He handed her the ice pack. Thanks. She pressed it to her temple, where she already had a bump for me. She glanced around as though she still didn't believe that he was alone, then sank onto the edge of a leather chair. I was at the fire break on the north end edge of the corn timber property. Liam got up and walked down the hall to the control room. Tara followed him. Holy crap! What's all this? She stood in the middle of the room, gaping at all the computer monitors as he sat down at his system and tapped a few keys. A few moments later, he had a satellite map of Cypress County pulled up. This is where you monitor your security. She was still cocking at all the screen. Yes, you were here. He pointed at the fire brick along the north edge of the corn timber track. She leaned over his shoulder and tapped the screen. Here. Liam studied the image. He zoomed out to look at a larger area. It sounded like, I don't know, a hundred yards away. It was hard to tell, though, she said. Could have been more. He clenched his teeth, thinking of the terror in her jacket that had been made by a bullet. An inch closer and she'd be dead. Luck could account for the first shot, he said. Maybe he aimed for your flashlight. Two close calls. I'd say he had a night scope. I know. She stared at him, her gaze somber. She calmed down some, but still looked shaken. She'd come here, to him, probably not because she wanted to talk about bullet trajectories. He stood up, took her hand, and led her back to the living room. He set her down on the sofa beside the fire and went into the kitchen. A few moments later, he joined her on the couch with a bottle of bourbon and two glasses of ice. She immediately picked up the bottle and poured two generous servings. She downed a sip and winced. Thought you liked bourbon. I do, she choked, croaked. I don't usually drink it straight. <laughs> he watched her over the rim of his glass, and her second sip went down more easily. Then she turned to look at him, and she seemed to be actually seeing him for the first time. Where have you been? She asked. Funeral. By her startled expression, he could tell she'd forgotten. Catalina's service had been that morning in Corpus Christi, where her family lived. Tara sipped away, sipped again. He noticed her hand still trembling. Took her glass and set it on the table, and slid an arm around her. She tensed. I'll get your good clothes dirty. I don't give a shit. Come here. He tucked her head against his chest and pulled her in tight to stop the tremors. She felt both cold and warm at the same time. 
a weird combination that pissed him off. She was in shock, and he forced himself to lock down his anger. What had happened tonight? He couldn't tell if she was giving him the full story, and why had she been out there by herself? He warned her about poking around alone in the woods, but she hadn't listened because she was so damn headstrong. Frustration churned inside him. Frustration with her and with himself. She'd been only a few miles away, and he'd done nothing to protect her. The shakes subsided, but still she was a ball of tension, and he could tell she didn't like being held. Or maybe she didn't want to like it. She pulled away. So, this new crime scene, she said matter-of-factly. We recovered two bodies. I thought it was bones. Skeletal remains. The forensic anthropologist should have an estimate of the time of death by tomorrow. We were looking at four of the victims. Certain factors point to a similar M.O. So dress. She paused. Such... So just what, Terror? Spit it out. I can't discuss the details, but basically all four victims were discovered within a few miles of here. One he knew personally. Lambers, are you telling me I'm a suspect? She could see the anger shimmering in his eyes. It wasn't just about her anymore. Give an alibi for the night of Catalina's death. She said, then what are you telling me? I'm telling you, look at these murders. Look at where they happened and the fact that they knew that you knew one of the victims intimately. She watched his reaction to the intimately part. She was still certain there was more to his relationship with Catalina, and his defensive re defensiveness reinforced her theory. You're no longer a suspect, she said, but you have to admit there's a common thread here. His gaze narrowed, and she could see he figured out where she was going with this topic. He said, every man working for you has been through a psych evaluation. Tara said, I'd like to see them. Not happening. They're relevant to our investigation. He leaned closer. I'll say it again. No. She stood up. Why are you putting up roadblocks? Someone murdered a friend of yours, along with three other unidentified women. Just stones throw away from where you live. Doesn't that bother you? He stood up. Bothers me a lot, but it wasn't one of my men. How can you be sure those psyche valves could shed light? Forget it. I could get a warrant. I doubt it. She folded her arms over her chest and glared up at him. How could he be so hard-headed? How could he really know what the men working for him were capable of? Many were ex-military. They'd been trained in lethal tactics. What if one of them had a screw loose and was now back home unleashing his rage? Here was Liam, stubbornly guarding his privacy. Tara shook her head and picked up her jacket. He clamped his hand over her. Where are you going? Back to my motel. You're not going anywhere. Like hell, she jerked her arm away. You can't tell me what to do. He stared down at her, jaw twitching, seemed to be battling with himself, and she knew she was the reason. Her showing up here had activated his protective streak, but then she'd promptly pipped, pissed him off. I'll go with you, he said calmly with obvious effort. I don't need... Don't argue with me, God damn it! Someone almost killed you tonight. The blast of anger made her step back. Shit. He closed his eyes and rubbed his forehead. Sorry. I need to go. She moved from the door and he caught her arm. Again, wait. Would you please just let me drive you home? She let him follow her. He trained his gaze on the bumper of the old Ford, going over everything in his head and cursing himself for acting like an idiot. She showed up at his house, shaking and bleeding, and he fucking yelled at her. Granted, she picked a fight with him, but that was just a knee-jerk reaction to what had happened. She was like him. When attacked, she went on the offensive. He thought of the look in her eyes when she came to his door. It was a combination of fear and outrage, and worst of all, helplessness. He'd seen the same look in the eyes of men in combat after the outpost had been shelled by some invisible enemy hiding in the mountains. 
Liam had been through way more of those firefights than he wanted to remember, fights that had taken the lives of some of his friends, so he understood the fear and the fury and the need to lash out. The neon sign for Big Pines came into view. She turned into the lot and Liam followed. He pulled into the space beside her and buzzed down the passenger window. Stay here a minute, he said. He got out and did a scan of the area. It was after midnight, and the parking lot was cold and silent. Fool, though, the murder of a well-known politician had brought the media out, and several reporters were in, in it for the long haul, from the looks of it. Liam scanned the highway in the woods beyond. He surveyed the waffle stop across the street, searching for another unusual but... Searching for anything unusual, but the restaurant was closed up for the night. Tara sat in her explorer, looking impatient. Okay, let's go. He slipped out a cig and followed closely as she walked to her door. He held out his hand for the key card, and she passed it to him with an eye roll. He entered the room, then ushered her inside. Wait here, he ordered. She stood by the door as he did a quick sweep of the place, checking closets and curtains. The room didn't have a balcony, which was good, but he didn't like the crappy window locks. Checked the bathroom. Her toiletries were scattered across the counter, a pair of running shoes sat beside the shower, and a white sports bra dangled from the towel rack. Liam checked behind the shower curtain and examined the rusty lock on the little window. He wasn't happy with it, but the window itself was too small for anyone to squeeze through. Basically, the place was a dump. We good now? She called from the bedroom. More or less, he joined her beside the door. Your room's not great. Our safety, I give it a four. She lifted an eyebrow. This one comes equipped with an armed federal agent and bonus points. Any bonus points for that? Maybe. He stepped closer. She was still a mess, but her eyes had calmed down. Depends if you know how to shoot. I kick ass. He didn't doubt it. Liam eased closer. I can stay. She gazed up at him with those pretty blue eyes. He felt a sharp pain because he already knew the answer. I'm good. You sure? She nodded. He pulled her against him. She stiffened at first, but her arms went around his waist. Thanks, she said. For what? Earlier. She smelled like a soap now, and he wished like hell she changed her mind, and he cursed himself because if he hadn't been such a hot-headed hothead earlier, he'd still be at his house right now, maybe even in his bed, where she'd be safe and warm, and he can do what he'd wanted to do for days now, which was fuck her blind. But instead, he'd blown it. She pulled out of his arms and reached to open the door. Message received. Call me if anything happens, he said. She opened it wider. I mean it, Tara. I know. End of chapter 12.